Tonight here at Ground Zero Ministries, we're going to keep talking about various elements of our path and what we really need to be focused on. And tonight, I'm going to be talking about prayer. I think that a lot of times that we make it into something that it really isn't. You know, I know that when I first got saved and and even prior to, to being saved and trying to figure out what's going on in this spiritual realm, you know, you know, I came out of atheism, you know, and AA kind of helped me come to the realization that I needed a, a whole lot of help, <laughs> that I better start seeking God. And I didn't know what that meant. You know, what's God's will? Seek God, prayer, meditation. You know, all these different things were very confusing to me. You know, even though I got brought up in the church, no one really teaches us how to pray. You know, they tell us to pray. You know, I grew up in a very, you know, a Presbyterian church, which is very, you know, you know, this is what we pray. I say this, you say that. I say this, you say that. I say this, you say that. And it's all written on a piece of paper. You know, and a lot of those things are memorized. You know, some of us grew up in those denominational churches where, you know, you knew the format of, you know, the the church process and that that's exactly what you, you knew how to do, you know. Some of us grew up in Catholic church and we learned how to rub beads, you know, and, you know, we knew our certain prayers and, you know, we, we knew that I needed to say this or I needed to say that. And, you know, as kids, there's little books and, you know, it's before I lay my head down to sleep, I pray my Lord soul to keep, you know, it's like if I die, then you're going to take, you know, it's all, it's very confusing, you know, you know, and in my early years, you know, way before I got to Jesus, you know, even though I was going to church, I did not understand, you know, it was just kind of basic, this is what you do, you know, this is where you go on a Sunday, you know, and, and these are the holidays that you celebrate because you're a Christian, but I had no understanding of what any of this stuff meant, you know, and I didn't see people actively pursuing a relationship with God. I didn't see people praying, you know, and it was very abstract, you know, and because of my life decisions and the, and the pain of this world and, and the pain of sin, you know, I, I turned away from my Christian roots and into, you know, sin and, and various addictions and doing things my way. And because of the pain that I went through, I would, classify myself an atheist for the, you know, half of my 20s. But then I, I came to this realization, you know, in an AA meeting, you know, that there's elements in my life that there's no ability for me to change. You know, I was so angry all the time, and I felt ashamed. The stuff that I had done and stuff that had been done to me, they just carried all this shame, and I had all this anger, you know, and as I'm really coming to the realization in my own humanity, I knew that 
if I didn't start trying to figure out this God stuff, this higher power stuff, this spiritual stuff, then I knew that I was going to, you know, really struggle and suffer. You know, and it was hard for me to, to truly come to that conclusion because of my pride and my arrogance. You know, and it was this decision that I had to make. And it was hard for me to step over the line. But I remember one night, I don't remember the circumstances that really led me to the frustration of finally praying. But I spoke into the universe because I was so arrogant that there couldn't really be a God. So I was just kind of speaking it into existence, you know. And and I remember, you know, I said, this, you know, take my anger, take my anger, take my anger and help me to forgive myself, help me to forgive myself, help me to forgive myself. You know, and nothing happened. Just like nothing had happened in earlier years when I'm in a moment of crisis and I'm like, God, get me out of this. You know, and he didn't show up. He didn't do what I thought he should be doing. You know, and many of us struggle because we've prayed prayers. Sometimes we've been diligent with praying prayers. And we didn't get what we wanted. And then we get mad at God because he didn't do what we think he should have done. Because I am so much more intelligent than the infinite God. You know, that... That if he's really loving, then why didn't he do what I think he should do? You know, and I struggled with that. I struggled with that as a kid. I struggled with that as a, in a teen. I struggled with that as, a, you know, as an adult. You know, why does God let certain things happen that are painful? You know, and I knew that I wasn't trying to figure it all out in the beginning. All I knew is that something needed to change, and I had no ability to change it. I think every one of us can relate to those types of circumstances. Some of us are in those circumstances now. No matter how hard I've tried to change it, it still doesn't change. You know, and really the only thing that I can do is press into God and pray and, and trust that he has a plan. And that's really hard to do when we don't know him. You know, and I know that I prayed that prayer, same prayer, every night before I went to bed for, you know, several weeks. And nothing happened. You know, because I think in that point in my life that I thought that I was going to pray, and it really was like making a wish, and that God, you know, was like a genie in the in the Bible, you know, and he was just going to grant my wishes. You know, and... I'm so grateful today that that's not how this works. You know, I remember as a kid, even though I didn't listen to country music, there was a song that stuck to me. You know, it's by Garth Brooks, and it's Thank God for Unanswered Prayers. You know, and I looked at my later 20s, and I look into my 30s, and things that I've prayed about in my youth, I'm so grateful I didn't get what I prayed for. That God knew what he was doing. You know, but I, I didn't know how to do that. I didn't know how to to turn that stuff over in the beginning. You know, and I started learning that 
Even when I pray, that doesn't necessarily mean I get what I want. But I remember one day, all of a sudden, I went to bed one way and I woke up and something was different. And most of us have had those types of moments where God is moved. You know, and things are different. And I remember waking up that day and and something was changed. And I'm not going to say all my anger was gone. I'm not going to say all my shame was gone. But I know that something had significantly changed to the point where I recognized that God heard my prayer. You know, and a weight had been lifted off of my shoulders. And I remember later that day, you know, it was raining, it was pouring, and God was just kind of on my heart in a new way that I've never experienced before. And this is prior to Jesus. Then I remember getting out of my car and it's pouring rain, and I went and kneeled down in a field over by Utica College, we're in the softball fields, and I'm praying and I'm crying and I'm saying, God, I'm going to give you my life. Now, granted, I did not stop sinning. I did not have Jesus. I did not know what that meant. But I see how God started to change my direction and really started to get a hold of me. You know, and that I remember being in recovery and going to college and telling everybody that the solution is the relationship with God. And this is prior to me having a relationship with Jesus. And I remember being in college and trying to do the chemical dependency counseling. And I remember a teacher saying that you can't talk about God in counseling. You can't talk about God in treatment. And I remember being very discouraged. You know, and it's funny how, you know, you fast forward a few years and more pain, more sin, more destruction, another relapse. You know, and... I find myself, you know, walking into a celebrate recovery for the first time and not knowing really what that meeting was all about. You know, and that's a Christ-centered meeting that uses, you know, the 12 steps. And and I started running into Jesus in a whole nother level. I remember the first meeting I ever was at, I just sat there crying. You know, and after the meeting, um, the woman that was teaching, you know, came up to me and says, can I pray for you? And I said, sure. And she's like, can I lay my hands on you? And I'm like, whatever. And I know now what that meant. But I also know me back then. And if I knew what it meant, I probably wouldn't have let her. Because I thought that she was doing her Christian mumbo-jumbo hocus-pocus on me. You know, and I'm glad that I was, you know, ignorant to what was really going on, you know, and she prayed for me and I just was sitting there weeping and I just knew that I needed God. I didn't know how to make that happen. I just knew that my life needed to change. I was sick and tired of feeling the way that I was feeling. I was sick and tired of using drugs and alcohol, sick and tired of of chasing things that never satisfied me, you know, and I was broken. You know, and through the literature of recovery, you, you stumble across a handful of prayers. And, you know, and, and I would pray some of those, but it was like reading off the paper, you know. And, 
and I would pray for different things and, and nothing really felt like I was connecting. I didn't think that my prayers went any higher than the ceiling. You know, that why would God pay attention to me? I'm just this horrible human being. You know, I've made so many mistakes. You know, why would God listen to me? You know, and I remember, you know, I woke up one Sunday morning and, and I got out of bed and I said, if I'm going to be serious about this God stuff, I got to go to church. You know, and it was like I had to check the box. You know, and so many times, you know, I think that we're good at checking boxes, but we don't know how to have a relationship. You know, and, you know, I go to church on the weekend, you know, check. You know, you know, I said some prayers today, check. You know, I read my Bible last month, check. You know, it's, you know, I know how to go through the motions of my Christianity and I, I can check the boxes, you know. But when crunch time happens, typically when I'm going through something very difficult, I go back to my old coping mechanisms. I don't press into something new that's uncomfortable and that I don't really understand. You know, so a lot of times when we, you know, have highly emotional moments or we're going through a new trial or having a new trauma or something difficult is going on, you know, I relapsed. But I didn't really relapse. That that character part of me really hasn't changed. I just suppressed it. You know, it's like being on a diet. You know, that, well, I'll just have one cookie. You know, and then the next thing you know, I've eaten a dozen and the, di- the diet's gone. You know why? Because there hasn't been a true heart change in the area. So when it comes to having a relationship with God, it's something that I need to be practicing and participating in on a regular basis. You know, and I knew for me that that I couldn't, you know, be religious. It was like a big thing for me in the beginning. And now I could care less. But, you know, I remember that I don't want to be religious. I don't want to be like religious Christians. I don't, you know, and it's like, you know, everybody's getting on their knees to pray. Well, I'm not going to get on my knees to pray. And I'm like, if you feel better, you know, praying on your knees, by all means, pray on your knees. You know, I got bad knees, so I'm not going to pray on my knees. You know, like, it's up to you, you know. However, I know that there's moments where I feel impressed and I've gotten on my knees to pray. You know, but for me, it's like talking on the phone. If I'm talking on the phone, I'm pacing. I'm a walker and I'm a talker. You know, I remember being young and when telephones were still hooked to the wall, you could only get so far. You know, you're, you're kind of going back and forth and then you get wound up on the cord and then you got to go back the other way. And then you can only go so far when you're talking on the phone. You know, for some of us that are old, you know, now we have digital devices that you can Bluetooth from across the room, you know, but for me, when I'm talking to someone I can't see, I pace, you know, and I've learned that when I'm praying, it's better for me to be up and moving, you know, if I'm praying sitting in a seat with my eyes closed, most likely I'm going to fall asleep, and they have the rest of the Lord. You know, you know, and I have fallen asleep praying and been awoken. Be like, hey, Tom, you're you're snoring. Be like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, like I was praying. You know, <laughs> yeah, okay. You know, my spiritual prayer language sounds like snoring. You know, it's, I'm speaking in tongues. You know, it's like, but 
<laughs> I think for each one of us, you know, what does intimacy with God really mean? You know, and it's different. It's different across the room how you feel connected. You know, but I, I think that each one of us has to get used to this idea that I need a relationship with God. You know, that we can go through the motions and still feel like something's missing. And I know that it's important for me, to, you know, to have momentum and to press in and to push and to pray. But it's also important for me to realize that it's his time and his will. You know, and that's a difficult when I want it now and this should happen and why isn't this door and why isn't this person and why and why and why and why. You know, and when I'm still trying to figure it out, I'm getting in the way of that relationship. You know, and it's hard sometimes to release control and trust that Jesus has a, a better plan than what we could make up because we're geniuses and we know exactly what we should get in this life and that what's going to make my life the best. But in reality, I have a 100% track record of destroying everything I touch. You know, if I think that I can do it my way, most likely there's going to be a catastrophic explosion at some point in the midst of Tom's will. You know, and as I continually pray and trust and move and, and wait, and, and it's the, this constant back and forth with God that, you know, we don't always see some of the things that we pray for. You know, we don't always see the manifestation of an answered prayer. And that's frustrating. You know, I've prayed for people and they don't change. I've prayed for people to stay sober and they don't. I've prayed for people to follow Jesus and they walk away. I've prayed for various things in my life that seem like they go the opposite way of the thing that I'm praying for. And it gets frustrating that when you pray and you pray and you pray and you don't see the things that you're praying for manifest, it's almost like you want to give up praying. You know, and what I have to constantly remind myself is it's his will and not mine. And but this and but that, you know, and, and me and Jesus have had many a conversation slash argument slash yelling where he's not saying anything and I'm just yelling at him and trying to get my way like I'm a two-year-old trying to get my baba. But in reality, he knows what's best. And that's hard for me to constantly release things to him and say, you know what's best. You know what's best. You know what's best. Because I think I'm a genius and I think that I could figure out a couple things but then I remind myself that, Tom, when you try to do it your way, what happens? You destroy everything you touch. You know, and it's funny to me because it seems like now with being sober as long as I have and, and following Jesus and, and knowing the word and that I should be able to do some things. But every time that I try to do something, how come it goes away from Jesus instead of towards him? 
I don't know if you notice that in your life, but I notice that in my life, that when I want something and he's not giving it to me the way that I think that I should have it, all of a sudden I try to to make it happen myself. And the first step is not towards him. It's always away from him to get my will accomplished. You know, and I've learned, you know, through the years that if anything is done in secret, then it's not in him because he is in the, he is light and everything that he does is in the light. You know, so if I'm trying to do something in secret or if I'm trying to hide something and I'm trying to deceive, there's no way that that's God. You know, and how we continue to press into him and talk to him, even through frustration, even through when prayers aren't answered in the time frame that we think they should, you know, how do we stay connected? You know, and it, it really has to do with our mindset, our idea of who God is. See, if we think that God is a wrathful God, that he's punishing me for something that I did, or he's constantly punishing me for something that I've done, you know, or I'm cursed because of X, Y, Z, then I'm always going to think that he's not going to answer my prayers because I'm bad. You know, and I think that that has something to do with the fact that when we were kids, we grew up that when we misbehaved, you know, God was going to send us to hell. And it's almost like, you know, he's got a list and he's checking it twice and he's coming to town and I'm screwed. You know, that we have this idea that God is Santa Claus. And we have this idea that Santa Claus is not real, so sometimes we think that God's not real. You know, and we just go through the motions of religion. And it's like just enough to take, you know, the shame away so I can get through another day or at least another week back to Sunday. And as long as I check into church, then I'm okay. But in reality, I believe that it's important that we're building a relationship day in and day out. You know, and this is tough because life comes with all sorts of, you know, twists and turns and, you know, and the terminology that I've learned in recovery is life on life's terms. It's not life on Tom's terms because if Tom's terms, you know, I have to constantly try to control everything around me and it doesn't work. You know, that, you know, life can can send us some curveballs sometimes that are tough to swallow. And it's like, how can this be my life? You know, how can there be a loving God when this painful thing is taking place? You know, and I think that when we're going through difficult times is when we're to try to press into him more. But typically, it's when we shy away and we pull back. You know, and... I don't think that any of us are alone that when something is hurting us that we pull back from the thing that we believe is hurting us. And a lot of times we blame God. Because I know that I don't understand his will. You know, I've thought a couple times that I figured it out and then he proves to me again that I have not a clue. You know, but I know that as long as I keep hanging on to him and I, I believe that he's leading me in certain places, and I watch how certain things start to open up and certain things kind of close down and certain things begin to grow and other things begin to shrink. 
you know, and I, I watch how his hands have moved in my life, I constantly have not a clue of what his perfect will is for my life. But I know that I need him in my life to be able to to walk out what is right in front of me. You know, and, you know, it's tough sometimes. I think it's tough sometimes to constantly talking to somebody that it feels like I'm confused most of the time. You know, what's God's will? What's God's will? What's God's will? You know, I mean, I know for me that in the beginning, the way for me to find God's will is do the opposite of what I wanted to do. You know, if I want to do this, I should do the opposite. If I don't want to do that, I should do the opposite. And I had a better chance of running into God than constantly doing what I didn't want to do or what I wanted to do. Because I'm going to just find myself in every situation. You know, and I started doing the opposite. You know, and I started doing certain things. And I started getting stretched. And I started taking suggestions. And I stopped, you know, doing other things. You know, and it's difficult. Change is hard. It's scary. You know, that we all know that we need to change. We hate hearing we have to change, but yet we don't know how to change. You know, and I remember being a young man and it's like, I got to figure this out for myself. I got to figure this out for myself. You know, I don't learn that way. I got to do it my way. Man, was I arrogant. The Bible actually says I'm a fool. You know, and it says a wise man learns from someone else's mistake or a fool will learn from their own. You know, and I spent many a years being a fool. And I remember as I started to grow in Christianity and I started to try to take my will back, I remember, you know, things that I learned in recovery kicking in. Like, Tom, you don't want to do that. You know, surrender, trust, you know, face your fear, you know, push through, trust Jesus, you know, and, you know, through, (laughs) through the years, you know, you know, I've prayed, I trust you, Jesus, I trust you, Jesus, I trust you, Jesus, more than any other prayer, you know, and I, and I pass that on to you guys, because I think that it's a vital piece of the puzzle, is because I don't trust him, I wish that I did, I wish that it was that easy. Well, I love God. Well, just because you love someone, does that mean you trust them? Not always. Not always. Trust is something different. Well, I believe. That doesn't mean I have faith. You know, faith is something different than belief. You know, and I remember so many times that I wanted to run. I want to take off. I want to, you know, just disappear. I wanted to quit. You don't know how many times that I wanted to quit being the ministry leader to celebrate recovery, you know, back in the day. I mean, there would be week in and week out, hundreds of times that I'm having to arrest thoughts. I'd be stuck in my head, wanting to quit, thinking about all the reasons to quit, being miserable, you know, finding, you know, you know, reasons to blame the church, finding reasons to blame Pastor Mike, finding reasons to to leave, you know, this isn't where God has me, I'm going to go do this, I'm going to go do that, I'm going to go to Bible college, I'm going to, 
And every time I'm trying to leave, I hear the Holy Spirit. Do you trust me? And being a good Christian, I have to say yes. Yes. Sit still. And I don't know how many times I've heard, do you trust me? Sit still. Do you trust me? Sit still. It got to the point that I got so angry that I'm yelling at him to say something else. Because I'm so sick and tired of hearing the same thing. Don't you have something else? Well, you're not able to do this, Tom. I don't know what you want me to tell you. Sometimes we are hearing from God, but we don't like what he has to say. And that's a whole other step in our relationship with him, is that what if he's telling us stuff that we don't want to hear? You know, and I believe that it's important for us to know our word. But so often that if we're not mixing prayer in the Bible together, that we could be missing what he's saying. You know, are we just trying to use God to get what we want? You know, Tom's will in Jesus' name. You know, and I've tried. It doesn't work. He still wins. But I know today that I'm grateful that I I heard his voice. And I was willing to, to, to labor through those years. You know, and I would have tears running down my face as I would say, I trust you, Jesus. I trust you, Jesus. I trust you, Jesus. You know, and it's through the relationship that we begin to really trust Him. You know, do I hear God all the time? No, I don't. You know, and I wish that I talked to Him more about some of my basic decisions because I know sometimes I get down a path and I'm like, oops, missed it, and I have to retreat and go back to, you know, the basics and get back into alignment. But I know that he's always right there. And I know that the more that we trust him, even when we don't like what he's saying, that he has a way of moving us out of certain things and into new things. You know, out of areas that we don't want to be into areas that we don't even know that we want to be. You know, how many times have we been on the other side of something that's been really difficult and we say, thank you, Jesus. We're grateful for what took place. Now, the storm that we were in wasn't fun. You know, the difficulty that we had to go through to get to a better place, typically we'd run from it. But God's like, come on, let's go. You know, and what I continue to learn is the only way is to go through I've spent the majority of my life trying to run away from or find a way around or manipulate my way through or to control the events. And Jesus is like, just take my hand and let's go. And it's been some of the most scary things that I've ever had to deal with. But it's through prayer. You know, and I wish that there was a prayer one-on-one, but there isn't. So how do we do it? 
how do we develop this intimate relationship with God? And the only way to really do that is to constantly be talking to Him about the things that are going on in your heart. You know, if you're upset and you're angry, let it out. If you're sad and depressed, let it out. What do we normally have is we we stuff it. Or we find something to distract us from it. Now, I've been really good at using distractions the majority of my life, so I didn't have to face any of my feelings. You know, I've been really good at stuffing most of my emotions, so I didn't have to face my feelings. You know, but in reality, it's not until I met Tom face-to-face and said, I don't like you, and I'm going to talk to Jesus about you until you begin to change, because, you know, I didn't like who I'd become. You know, and that was hard for me as a grown man to really look myself in the face and say, I don't think that we could be even friends. You know, and it's through Jesus, talking to Jesus and having him come into these areas of my life that I I didn't even like about myself and saying, this needs to change and I don't know how to change it. You know, and constantly letting go of expectations and constantly having to face things that I didn't want to face and constantly having to address areas of my sin or areas of my avoidance of sin. You know, and that saying, Jesus, I want you into these areas. You know, and it's through this conscious contact where, you know, it's it's not, you know, a prayer in the morning and a prayer at night. You know, I think that it's communicating with him throughout the day. But it's also finding the ways that you communicate with him the best. You know, some people, you know, like to be, you know, you know, walking like me. Or some people like to be, you know, in a chair. Some people like to be outside. Some people find God in nature. Some people find God better in the church, you know. And it's, you know, what is what's best for you? And trying to lean into that. Because I think that it's important that we we know how to get into his presence. You know, and it's different for each and every one of us. For me, music, worship music has a a big part to play. You know, know, recently, you know, the Holy Spirit kind of led me back to Jason Upton. And I haven't been listening to him like I used to. You know, and in the early years of my walk with Christ, that's all I ever really listened to. You know, and, you know, I remember listening to some of the songs that we were listening to tonight. And I didn't know how to pray, so I would pray what he was singing because it seemed like he knew what he was doing. You know, and there's a lot of different songs that it's like he's saying exactly what I'm feeling in my heart, but I didn't know how to articulate those things, you know, and it's finding different music that hits home, you know, and that helps you to, to release what's going on in your brain and just try to connect to God, you know, and it's through worship and prayer that his presence begins to move and mold our lives. You know, and I think that it's so important that we have a prayer life. But I also think that it's equally, if not even more important, that we're able to get into his presence. 
Because if we're not into his presence, prayer can get old and lethargic and it's like we're going through the motions and we're just speaking to the, you know, to the ceiling, you know. So if you're in a dry place, I think that, you know, adding worship music or praying along with worship music, you know, is something that it's always helped me as I've learned how to, to pray along with, you know, different worship leaders. You know, and it's it's where we find his power. And that is the power that helps us to change. You know, that so often in my life that I've used various things to numb my emotions. But it's it wasn't until I, I pressed into Jesus that he began to heal those emotions that I didn't make decisions based on emotions. You know, and it's in his presence that that power begins to come that heals our minds and heals our hearts and helps us to let go because we know that he's close. You know, it's hard to pray to someone that we don't think is listening. You know, and it's important that we're learning how to tap into his presence when people say that he's here right now. You know, and in my early days in the church, and I was new to, you know, Pentecostalism or whatever you would want to say, you know, because I came out of being a Presbyterian. So when people are, you know, singing and raising hands and, you know, and doing all sorts of other things, I'm like kind of freaked out, but it was kind of helping me. You know, and I remember being in a worship service one night. You know, and the pastor was like, his presence is here. And I remember being like, looking around the room, and some people are engaged and other people look like me. And I remember going home and, and thinking, like, what if his presence was there, but there was something in the way between me and him? You know, and I began to pray, you know, God, show me what's in the way between me and you. Now, I began to pray that in, you know, as I would pray at different times throughout the day. And he started to show me some of the things that were in the way between me and him. And I didn't like it. Because that meant I needed to let go of some of those things or change some of those things. You know, or stay away from certain people or turn off the TV at a certain time. Or maybe I should get rid of my porn collection. Who knew? You know, like, I didn't know that was such a big deal, Jesus. You know, like, you know, I think some of us know some of the areas that need to change. We just don't want to change them. You know, and because I'm not willing to change a certain area, it makes it hard for me to get close to him because I know if I get close to him, he's going to ask me to change it. So then I stay a little bit away from him. But I think that it's important that we realize that I need more Jesus in my life. I don't want to stay in this place that I am. No matter how good it gets, I believe that Jesus has something more for us. You know, so it's important that we, you know, realize where we're at. You know, we take an honest view. You know, Timothy would say, have a sober mind doesn't really have anything to do with drugs and alcohol. It's having an honest view of yourself. And 
do I need to grow with Jesus? You know, you ask yourself that question. Do you need to grow? Are you good where you're at? You know, can you change the things that you want to change about yourself without his help? I know I've tried and it doesn't work. You know, and it's important that, you know, we tap into our relationship with him, intimacy with him, power that is found in prayer to begin to to find the strength in him to get out of the places that we're stuck. You know, give me the willingness to change. Give me the willingness to let go. Give me the willingness to forgive because I just don't want to do it. You know, pressing through our fear with, you know, and saying, I trust you. You know, these are some of the things that I've used through the years. And I, you know, I offer them up as examples, but you sometimes may have to use these or find your own, you know, little tidbits and and little yard markers or little, you know, things that help you to, to, to get momentum to press through onto the, you know, to the next level, you know. I just want to encourage each and every one of us, no matter where we're at, that he's right there. You know, he loves us so much that he's waiting for each and every one of us to just let go of whatever it is that we're hanging on to other than him and say, here we go, Jesus. I'm ready to take this next step with you. You know, and I believe that we're not going to get there if we don't pray. I know for me... The, the amount I'm praying about a specific area of my life that needs to change has a direct response on if it's changing or not. If I'm not praying about it, most likely it's not changing. And when I decide that it, enough's enough and I start praying on a regular basis about an area of my life, it's funny how all of a sudden things begin to move. You know, I've prayed about other people a lot in my life and, and I don't see the change in them. But I know when I surrender myself to him and say, Tom, it's time to change this. All right, Jesus, will you come into this area of my life? And I start praying about that area. All of a sudden, momentum begins to shift. You know, and I wish that I could find strength in myself, but I I find myself falling short time and time again. You know, and, you know, what are your two things? You know, my two things way back when were anger and shame. I knew that no matter how hard I tried, I was never going to change it. And that's what started me out on this journey of praying in the first place. And even though it didn't show up in that moment, he didn't come exactly when I wanted him to. He didn't come exactly how I thought he should. I was desperate enough. And I reached out to him daily you know it was once a day but still it was daily see I think that when we get desperate for change and we start pressing into him all of a sudden things begin to move now I know that he can do anything in a moment I've watched him do suddenly but I also watch him work things out in us in in this in the sense that we got to be disciplined, you know, and I, and I encourage you pray for suddenly, but pray for the discipline because you're probably going to need both. (laughs) 
So you just bow your heads with me. Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for all that you're doing. Lord, I ask that you would meet us in this time. Lord, as seasons are changing, Lord, and help us to really reflect on things that you've already spoken to us or areas that we don't really like about ourselves or areas that we wish were different or things that we know that we need to change or whatever it is, Lord. Help us to, to just put that in the in our Jesus bullseye and constant and begin to pray about it every day. You know, and really begin to to decide that enough's enough and it's time for change. Lord, we don't know how the change is going to occur and, and even if we did, we'd probably fight it. But Lord, we know we need you. So I pray that each one of us could grow in our relationship. I pray that each one of us could be in your presence, Lord. I pray that we would take the time through prayer and worship and even spend time in our word, Lord, that we would see you move, that we would feel your presence, Lord. We'd feel, you know, that heavenly hug come into the room and we would know that you're with us. Lord, each one of us needs you, Lord, and I pray that you'd meet us right where we're at. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.